Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hello. <laughs> oh, hello. Wow. I can't believe that you didn't have jingle bells and ho 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 like Santa one more time. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> hello. Ho, ho, ho. Hello. Um, hello. Jingle, 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 jingle. <laughs> Happy holidays, everyone. We are really in it, aren't we? We're really deep into the sticky bits of holiday season. <laughs> Tis. And I know we say this all the time, but I really can't stress it enough. The season. <laughs> Um, since it is the season, since it tis the season, uh, we did something (laughs) very special and very unexpected, which is that we recorded an episode of Buffering the Vampire Slayer already out of retirement. It took us three seconds, Um, (laughs) but we recorded an episode where we talked about amends, which you, of course, know from the snowstorm, the righteous man, or is he, et cetera, et cetera. But we recorded it with spoilers. It's the very first time we've ever talked about an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer allowing ourselves to spoil things. I would say the main spoiler, if I had to really put a finger on it, would be that we talk about how we see the first yeah. as the the big, horny, incorporeal <laughs> demon visage that we then later see in season seven yeah yeah there's a little bit of this a little bit of that but definitely we have strong opinions honestly about where the first even went from season three to season seven you know so if you want to Turks and Caicos yeah (laughs) if you want to listen to that it's uh, up right now the link is in our show notes and it is on our patreon uh it's available to all of our patrons all levels so um it's a little wintry treat for you all we hope you enjoy it actually this intro is just full of wintry treats isn't it (gasps) it is because I'll tell you what else. Uh, Many moons ago, decisions were made, uh, lyrics were rewritten, and a buffification of the (laughs) holiday classic, Baby It's Cold Outside, was created. It's called Buffy It's Cold Outside, and it features me as Buffy, uh, Jess Abbott as Faith, and buffering house pianist ben thornwill tickling the ivories uh in a a manner so festive it's almost impossible to believe you have to hear it to believe it where can you hear it you may ask well you can hear it at the end of our special little amends with spoilers episode over on patreon and you can also listen to it a la carte over on patreon if you are a supporter there 
Hell Come yeah. Get an earful, as they say. Because tis the season. Links to the special episode and the song are in the show notes today. And uh, I've also put a link to the lyric video that I made, which is available to all of you at any point in time, should you want to hear the song while watching our favorite two slayers in love. Be in (laughs) love, I guess. Uh, um, One last thing. There's something very special happening tonight. Uh, Jenny, you are married to a human being named Jess Abbott who sings as Faith, but also runs alongside Brittany Ashley, former co-host of Angel on Top. There's a lot of Buffy Universe kids involved in this uh, project. It's called the Kirsten Dunst Sorority. That's right. And this crew has been working their way through every gosh darn uh, movie that Kirsten Dunst has ever been in in her entire life. (laughs) Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Kristen, there are some duds up front. (laughs) Uh, But it has been a really rewarding journey so far because uh, even the worst movie you can think of could be made better with a Kirsten Dunst performance, it turns out. And the deal with Kirsten Dunn's sorority that uh, Jess and Brittany co-host is that it's just a discord where anyone can go and participate in a little chat while a group watch is happening. You don't have to sign up for anything. You don't have to get behind a paywall. It's just all for the love of Kirsten. Uh, what an amazing woman. And <laughs> this very night, yeah, Wednesday... December 21st, it's the 21st. solstice, the shortest day of the year in the Northern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, tonight, we will be group watching. Are you ready? I'm ready. Bring it on! Mm-hmm. We will be group watching Bring It On at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. It's going to be a hoot and a holler. If you've never seen it, you want to. Uh, Liza Dushku, opposite Kirsten Dunst. Some might say that the dude in the movie is opposite Kirsten Dunst, but I no. would argue that the- <laughs> also uh, Gabrielle Union uh, really ripping it up. She's amazing. Don't forget uh, about Claire Kramer. Claire Kramer, of course. Yeah, it's really it's a feast for the eyes and a gift for the soul. Also, uh, my cousin was an extra and is in the classroom scene, so it's a star-studded <laughs> right, cast. Right. <laughs> Yes, yes, wow. Stacked. So if you want to join us, you can find Kirsten Dunst Sorority on Instagram. Uh, that is the that is the full-on username, Kirsten Dunst Sorority. And you can find in the link tree in the bio a link to the Discord. Join us tonight. It's going to be so fun. Hell yeah. Well, that's about as much fun as we're allowed to have before we go to the woods and get very, very hungry. Yes, let's go get hungry. Welcome back to another episode of Doom Coming. I hope that your voice cracks every time that you say Doom Coming. Doom That is my goal. That's my goal because I'm afraid because the doom is coming. (laughs) it, it, It translates. I think it works. Hell yeah. Today we're talking about season one, episode four, which is unfortunately titled Bear Down. (laughs) It was written by Ashley Lyle, Bart Nickerson, and Liz Fang, directed by Deepa Mehta, and it originally aired on December 5th, 2021. 
just the other day, basically. Yeah, yesterday. Uh, this is the one where the girls play with guns to determine who is the most responsible. Natalie untangles a lifetime of piecing together broken men. Thaisa greets the rich. Thaisa greets the rich. Thaisa, eat eat the rich, Thaisa. <laughs> also, uh, it's funny because, like, Thaisa is not not rich. I mean, she's not... Obviously, everything is a spectrum. But, like, to probably most of us watching this show, we're like, I don't know, I saw Thaisa's house and... Uh, oh, yeah, Thaisa definitely seems rich at this point. I'm surprised that these ladies did not get a lot of money i mean i guess we'll find out why but it just feels like if your school i mean maybe the private plane screwed them in the end like because it wasn't a commercial flight they didn't they couldn't like sue anybody or something yeah it just feels like if you like crashed in a plane and then lived in the wilderness and possibly had to eat your friends to survive that like someone should be giving you a lot of money you know well that just maybe feels- they you know maybe they got some kind of settlement and that's why natalie has a porsche uh and maybe that's a down payment on a house for shauna, shauna. and jeff yeah yeah i um, guess that's true yeah but but yeah, we, we know, but we know that near Thaisa, enough information now. Yeah, and we know that Thaisa paid for Nat's uh, therapy or not therapy, but rehab. So that's mm-hmm. an interesting thing because she does have a Porsche, but Thaisa paid for her rehab, and also Thaisa. I mean, I guess maybe just Thaisa is making a lot of money doing the work that she does because we learn in this episode that Simone is a professor, comp lit professor, which like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, you're not very hot, Simone, very hot, Simone. But also you're not making like a shit ton of money as a complet professor in New Jersey, are you? Uh... I mean, like a good a good amount. But like they live in a house that is like when I walk into a house and it looks like Thaisa and Simone's house, I'm like, oh, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like like Uh, every every linen in that home is like expensive. We haven't learned yet what. Thais has been up to between getting out of the wilderness and running for Senate. But usually people who run for Senate mm-hmm. are like lawyers or, right. you know, right. fill in the blank. Uh, yes. Um, I guess we will learn more as things progress. But for now, let's get into the fucking episode. Before we do, I have one broad pre-episode thought. Uh, upon now watching this series for the third and fourth time as we watch the episodes uh, to watch them and then to take to notes. take notes, yeah. Uh, I've been having uh, occasional occasional broad thoughts. Uh, and one thought that I had as a casting thought, I'm extremely satisfied with what we have going on here, but I did think to myself, you know who would be amazing on this show? Uh, adult or child adult 
Who? Mia Kirshner. Oh, boy. I would take... My first thought was Mia Kirshner as Misty. Oh, I thought as Lottie. Then my second thought was Mia Kirshner as Natalie. Oh, interesting. I could see Mia doing doing adult Nat for sure, but I am obsessed with Juliette Lewis as adult Nat. I am abs- I could not. I would not let her go. I wouldn't allow it. I just think I just think Mia Kirshner is so great. Me too. At so many different kinds of untetherednesses and uh, yeah. all of the adults in this cast so far have some shade of that going on and I think Mia would be amazing. I don't I don't know if she I think that Christina Ricci has a particular kind of odd warmth yeah. that maybe I I haven't seen from Mia before that mm-hmm. is the thing that makes Misty work, but like the dark parts of Misty. Yeah. I want to see Mia I want to see Mia Kirshner going up to Jessica Roberts and being like when you look at me you don't see someone you should be afraid of. But you're wrong. <laughs> Like, I would love that. Well, you know, so much of this show and these characters, these adult characters, are this beautiful blend of, like, terrifying, really sad, and hilarious. And I think, like, Mia Kirshner is someone who just makes such a delicious stew out of those things. Like, she really delivers in all of those ways. So I support this. Bring Bring Mia Kirshner to Yellow Jackets. Thank you. Cool. So, Kristen, where should we start? Guide me. Well, I mean, you know, we've begun the first few episodes by really paying attention to who our character focus is. And I and I kind of love that because, to be quite honest with you, when I watch TV just to watch TV, I don't really pay attention. Like, it didn't even really... <laughs> the most Kristen Russo sentence ever. <laughs> well, I, I just sort of ride it. Like, I just ride the wave. I'm not like, oh, sure, this was a, a blast. Misty-focused episode, or oh, this was a whatever. And so it's actually yeah, you're been just really... letting it wash over you. I do, I do. Like a twig mm-hmm. on the shoulders of a mighty no. stream. <laughs> what? It's a That's quote a beautiful from poetry, trains, plans, Kristen. and automobiles. Ah, <laughs> uh, Okay. <laughs> Um, like a but, twig on the shoulders of the mighty stream of a mighty stream. Of a mighty stream, I believe. Is I love the on the shoulders of a mighty stream. That's so good. Yeah. Um, so this is a Nat. This is a Nat episode. Nat is our core yeah. character. <laughs> we continue to get more flashbacks to pre nineteen ninety six. Making episode, okay. what, two more and more embarrassing? But, like, Natalie, Natalie, like young Natalie, we're not going back that far here. It's only one it's hair like, color and one Kevin actor ago. It's, like, 1994, maybe five. It's sure, so close sure. to 96. It's, I, I don't think that we get as big of a, a twist of the knife <laughs> as we have yeah, yeah. with Misty and Ty. Ty, who was, like, fucking four. <laughs> um, yep. But, yeah, so... You know, episode three, we got Thaisa. Episode two, we got Misty. And Jenny, you posited that the pilot was uh, Shauna-focused. We just get so much of Shauna and Jackie's relationship, I feel like, in the first episode, while they're simultaneously, obviously, establishing the entire cast and the entire premise of the show. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I thought, Jenny, we could start by talking about um, anything that we feel must be mentioned about what we learn about Natalie, which is a lot. It's a lot to hold. Yeah, there's a lot 
There's a lot going on um, for both, both iter- all three iterations of Natalie in this episode. The first thing, you know, chronologically, episodically speaking, that we get is Nat having a nightmare about the plane crash. She looks next to her and her her father is in the seat next to her. And when he turns his head, you can see that a significant portion of his head has been um, blown away. Yeah, and and like so the, sorry to be the one to tell you this. The way, <laughs> the way they set this up too is like I think it's really cool because Nat is on the you don't even know it's a dream at first. You're just like, oh no, mm-hmm. the plane crash again. And Nat again? reaches <laughs> Nat reaches over and sort of like grabs the arm of the person sitting next to her, and you can tell it's like a hairy arm. So like my first thought watching this was like, oh, she was sitting next to like Coach Martinez, or oh, she was sitting next to you know like who was she? sitting next to and then it's like oh no we're like in a totally different situation here um Mm -hmm. the episode slowly sort of like unfolds this over the span of of the hour which is that natalie maybe a year two years before this plane ride was at home and her dad is a fucking piece of shit like a like there are pieces of shit and then there are pieces of shit and this guy is fucking terrifying he is clearly terrible vibe terrible absolutely vibe absolutely terrible is vibe misogynist abusive you know he we see him ref- calling young nat a little slut over and over again when he like finds out that kevin is fucking hanging out at the house we see him hit nat's mom um, he is a monster of a man. And <clears throat> and we see the scene. I mean, we can talk about it, Jenny, if you're up for it, you know, since it sure. is kind of Nat's like probably big, maybe it was her biggest trauma before crash landing in the middle of right. the Canadian woods. You know, I mean, <laughs> that, fucking... that feeling when you have enough <laughs> huge traumas in your life that you're like, well, this is the one, this was the biggest one before, before. I crashed in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm not <laughs> and sure. And we were stranded for 19 months. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, okay. So Kevin, adorable Kevin, this, the scene. Oh my scene... God, he's so cute he's so cute and like i think he's so cute and i don't know if this rings true for you too jenny but like he's so cute and he is so cute to me because he just is like so many of the boys that i was friends with in high school like he just this like this just vibe of like i don't know he's just such a cute boy and he's like i know coloring his nails in with sharpie and it's just all very nostalgic for me oh, to yeah. watch as a child of this time and um you know he's coloring his nail in with sharpie and young nat is like don't do that i'll paint your nails and she's painting his nails and they're having a really i thought you would particularly enjoy this nirvana conversation that they have yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah where you, you would have fully participated would you have been the kevin in this or would you have been the nat i would have been the nat well at this well I don't it's hard to say when I was of an age I probably would have fallen more on the like oh they left sub pop and they went so mainstream but yes, which is the Kevin in general, if you haven't just rewatched the episode <laughs> holistically I am uh a gnat yeah and Kevin, you know what 
it's not their fault everyone loves them. Right. And Kevin, I think Kevin, like, sort of not redeems himself because he's fucking 15. And, like, this is, I think, many of us at 15. I was and it's so fine. I was so mad when everyone knew Alanis Morissette. Like, I was so mad. I, I was like, oh what? I wasn't mad at Alanis Morissette, to be fair, but I was just mad because it, like, felt like the secret that I had, me and, like, everyone else that got this fucking. Yeah issue of this magazine that came with a cd mix what magazine was it can anyone tell me i would love to remember well it could have been alternative press they used to do god i remember when they did a compilation cassette that came with it and then there was also cmj monthly which Mm. is actually the first place that i heard shudder to think the band of craig wedron one half of the scoring team of this show um maybe it was one of those I don't know. Back in the day, people, magazines were always including, uh, you know, mix cassettes and mix CDs. A different time. For you. But yeah, that's that's where I heard Alanis and I felt very possessive over her once she got really, really big. I mean, it was probably like two weeks later that she got, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it was like yeah, that totally. big of a like, fucking time span between when I heard the song yeah. and when it was everywhere. I remember the first time Iron, you want to know? I no. was. In a car with my stepdad, he was driving me to my job, which was at a chicken farm where I would feed and water chickens. Oh, yeah. And this song came on Z100, <laughs> which was the cool top 40 station that like we couldn't get where we lived because we were like too far in the woods. But like where this this farm was that I worked at, we could get a signal. Nice. And we were listening to it and it came on and I was just like, what? <laughs> what the fuck is this? Is this allowed <laughs> yeah that was a real moment for all of us for all of us 16 year olds 96 is mm-hmm. that you ought to know 90 95 mm, i think 95 yeah june 13th 95 you ought to know was what probably a single that preceded it mm-hmm. oh yeah you ought to know was only released a week before the a album. single coming out a week before the record drops god <laughs> Different, simpler times, Kristen. <laughs> oh, um, those were the days. But anyhow, I, like, I I think that Kevin, because Kevin then has a moment, because he's like, oh, fuck Nirvana, because they, they sold out. And then that's like, well, but, and then Kevin says, like, I guess I just, like, wanted them to be ours, which is really cute and sweet. <laughs> There's a lot of cute couples in this episode. I will pause it. I think Adam. Listen, I don't. I don't condone adultery, but I do think that <laughs> I do think that Adam and Shauna, adult Adam and Shauna, are fucking adorable. They're having some cute. They're having some cute moments. They're almost as cute as Hank and Tabitha, <laughs> for my money. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. So anyhow, uh, we just enjoyed that. We enjoyed this moment just as much as like Kevin and Nat were enjoying it. And then we hear a car pull up in the driveway and um, it's Nat's dad. And she's like, you need to get the fuck out of here like right now. And Kevin tries to get out the window, but he does not make it. Oh, no. I hate this. Yeah. You he wanna, hate it so much. You, you can tell some of it, so I don't have to talk about all of the horrible things. I, I'll pick it up when you can't do anymore. <laughs> Must I? Okay. So Nat's dad comes in and is all like, cannot believe there's a boy in his house. He's like, there's a fox 
in my hen house or whatever is going through his worm riddled mind. Yeah. And he, I, I, do you recall, does he shove Kevin or does Kevin just sort of like jump back? Uh, yeah, I think Kevin, room. I think Nat gets like between Kevin and him. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure that he does. Sh- I'm not sure, actually, but I didn't. Okay. I, I think maybe him shoving her mom it, but took precedence in my mind. And so I didn't, you know, Ke- Kevin didn't seem in any direct danger. Yeah. OK, but regardless, uh Natalie's basically just like, Kevin, get out of here. Kevin leaves. And then her dad is yelling in her face. This is what you do when I'm not around. Are you a little slut? Because what? uh, Hanging out with a boy (laughs) means what to this man? He, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So he's getting in her face. And then he's yelling at Nat's mom for allowing her, like, allowing this to go on, like, while she's sleeping. Yeah, or sleeping. I mean, I don't know. It's like we've seen, we've seen young Van sort of, like, interacting with her mom who's passed out on the couch. And we see adult Nat come into her house in this episode. So it's, like, not super clear. I don't think if, like, her mom has is just, like, drinking to numb the fucking pain of all of this and that's why she's not awake in the daytime or if she is just yeah. taking a nap because she's sad. I think we're... <laughs> Either way, she's sad. I, I think we're supposed to see it not as uh, she's sleeping according to her natural circadian <laughs> rhythm or a yeah. nap, but rather that something else is... Yeah. is at work and uh, she's unconscious when they come in and, and he's so mad at her and he hits her and knocks her down and Natalie pulls a gun on her dad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, which is like, fuck yeah, you know? Because fuck yeah. Well, I don't know if it's like, fuck yeah. Well, let me it's... finish. Let me finish. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. God damn it. So it's like, fuck yeah, that she's like, trying to uh, sort of like conjure up some kind of power against this man, her father, who Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. horrible. But what's not good about this is, A, that there's a gun anywhere in this household that is clearly very unstable. Um, And what is also not good is like that there's a gun being involved in this particular confrontation where multiple people are not grounded at all they are the emotions are incredibly high yeah yeah it's uh it's just a recipe for basically what comes next yeah you know yeah i mean i mean better this way than like the other way because like you know when i first watched this clearly you know that natalie is alive because she's having a flashback so she's alive but like Mm -hmm. When I first watched this, when you first watched this, you weren't sure. I mean, I was sure, but I was still really scared. I just like, yeah, didn't know which way this was going to go. And I also thought that it was possible that Nat was going to accidentally fire the gun, which Mm -hmm. is a whole different. I mean, this is trauma no matter which way you slice it. But there is something at least about the fact that this fucking dickbag took the gun back and was saying something horribly shitty when he then tripped and the gun went off, which is what happens. I mean, this is horrible. Yeah. It's all horrible, but it's like mm-hmm. better to me than Nat or her mom getting shot and better to me than Nat accidentally shooting her dad or her mom in this confrontation, you know, but um, yeah, yeah, this is sort of like 
this is like the moment in life when you're like nothing will ever 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 be the same you know like there it has to be pretty big trauma for it to really be the no for real shit will actually never be the same and this is that this is yeah. real fucked up and real fucking bad. And her mom, you know, clearly this is this is intercut throughout the whole episode, but her mom is like, you know, runs to the husband and is sobbing. And, you know, in in the way that we see it, it's a back and forth with this hunting scene. So do you want to talk maybe a little bit about what's happening in the woods <laughs> with our kids? <laughs> what are our kids doing <laughs> in the woods? Yeah, how how far back do you want to go? To the beginning of gun times in the world? Yeah, let's go to what I've called in my notes Gun 101. Gun 101. Uh, Travis, though no one asked him to, Travis uh, shoots at a squirrel and misses. And Coach is like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> You're not wrong that somebody should be using this gun at this point because we are out of food. But uh, let's let's come up with a system here. And they have a little competition. For, stage one of the competition is they have to fire the unloaded gun without uh, with a with a little coin balanced on the end of it without letting that coin fall off. Right. Mm-hmm. And three people pass this test. Travis, La- Mari, Mari, Travis and, and Nat. Nat. Yeah. And. Perhaps worth mentioning that the first time Nat goes to to take this practice shot she you know has this vision of her dad and it like throws her off and she stumbles and drops the mm-hmm. the coin but is like upon travis saying maybe you should stick to folding laundry and sucking dick mm-hmm. she's like you know what i'm just gonna go again and no one can stop me and coach backs her which is good and then she pulls it off no problem yeah, uh, we, Travis broad strokes here is a fucking dick and a half for the first half of this episode. Like such yeah. a dick in the woods. His dad has just died. He's fucked up. But man, come on, dial it back. Dial- He's really pushing it. He's pushing his limits on dead dad. OK, there's only yeah. so much you can yeah. get away with here. Yeah, while this is going on, just a quick sidebar. <laughs> Elsewhere in the woods, Shauna dangles a foot into a babbling brook and <laughs> writes in her journal. And s- when Javi comes up to her and is like, oh, you're not doing the gun thing, she says, I don't think I'm really meant to handle firearms, which is, you know, <laughs> some, some people were meant to handle firearms and some people were meant to wield a deadly blade. I, I was going to say, it's. Re- I think it's really kind of amazing how the episode gives us that counterpoint like we see baby shauna baby shauna teen shauna saying no to guns it like that's not her deal but then we see her like like i can and we've seen adult shauna fucking butcher a rabbit so we know that somehow anus actually Kristen. (laughs) it's important that we remember the details it is eyeballs to entrails uh so so yeah, so I I love that. I I thought it was really cool that like that's because it really is a bookend too. It's like you kind of we open the episode and we're almost there with Shauna saying like like not she just doesn't take part of this training at all. And mm-hmm. then at the end of the episode, we see her very surprisingly because I remember watching this for the first time and was like, oh, of course Misty's going to be the one to slit the fucking deer's throat. And then Shauna kind of steps out from the back and is like, I would like to do it. 
And Mm -hmm. she fucking does it. Uh, She also, in this little scene, gives Javi... She gives Javi some paper and a pen so he can also journal. I can't. I can't. I know. know. Javi is so fucking sweet. I can't. Like, let's take a little Javi detour right now, which will unfortunately bring us into Nat and Travis as well. But, like, Javi is... Because... I mean, he is the kid. He is the kid. He's the he's the Don Summers of the group. <laughs> he's the younger yeah. one. The one that like you're like, oh, no. Yeah. Is it great that all of these 16 year olds are stranded in the wood? No. But like, remember this, like, how old do we think Javi is? Four, 13, 14? Yeah, something like that. He's just so fucking sweet. And he gets the journaling pages. We see him later, jur- like literally writing in the pages. <laughs> but Sean has given to him. And we talked last week, of course, last week we saw Travis throw Javi's gum that um, his dad had given to him into the woods and pull like a dad's fucking dad, Um, you know, like rage. And so Travis has had that sitting on him for however long Mm -hmm. has passed since that moment. And so later when Travis and Natalie are the ones selected to go on this hunt... They uh, shot the most cans, even though Mar. We only see Mar like three of Mari's shots when it appears that everybody else got five shots. Yeah, but fine, fine, fine. Mari, like, come on. I wanted. Mar- I w- I wish that Mari had gotten more. I wish it was Mar. No, I don't. I actually like Travis in that, but um, Travis is a dick about the cans too. Before we go on their hunting adventure, but he Travis- also points the gun at Natalie when she does the unspeakable and calls him flex. So this is why if I were coach Ben, I would have been like, it's Mari and Nat. That that would have been my decision based on this moment. You, I don't fucking care if you shot one more can than Mari did. You just yeah. fucking turned a gun on someone. So guess what? You're not gonna do. Go into especially the woods. after this all started when Travis, Travis the shot the squirrel, and Coach Ben said, "We are going to treat this as a dangerous weapon." Yeah, don't fuck around with the gun. Yeah, uh, that I you know I agree. M- most of what Coach Ben does in life, I support. But this was a moment where I did not agree with the judgment call here. And clearly, from a writing perspective, we need for Travis and Nat to be the ones to go into the woods. But um, it's really fucked up. He's really he's really fucked up. Um, so anyhow, Mari does not win American Rifle. Uh, is that? <laughs> I was trying to think of something for American. No, it's Idol. good. American Rifle. That's everybody will know what that means. <laughs> and um, back to the hobby of it all. When Nat and Travis go to the woods, their goal is to fucking bring back food because everyone is starting to feel the lack of corn nuts and snack wells. Uh, we are uh-huh. we are led to believe that they're out of that. And when they go travis is like you can follow me or not but i'm like i'm going i'm going like i I have a thing that i'm doing so do whatever the fuck you want i don't care but i'm going to the plane we learn he's going back to the wreckage because he buried they buried his dad and his dad was wearing a ring that he wants to get back so that he can give it to javi because he threw javi's gum in the woods 
Yeah. Yeah. And he's mid-dig when he starts throwing up. And he's like, I can't do it. But also he like can't let it go. So Natalie is like, all right, I see that you're doing this for Javi. I will just get in there and I will do this business. Dead dads are not a new phenomenon to me. So yeah. I am yeah. on it. And she hops in there and is like, which hand? Finds the hand. The ring is stuck. She freaking cuts <gasps> the finger off. They get the ring. Then they chill in the plane for a little while. And just before this digging. <laughs> Wait, let uh, me just say I love Nat's post, teen Nat's post cigarette, like post cutting a finger off cigarette. <laughs> like if ever there was a moment when you need to have a yeah. fucking cigarette. Ooh, I need that, a cigarette after I it. cut off my friend's dad's finger <laughs> so we can retrieve a ring. Been there. Uh, so just before they, they dig, uh, Travis tells Natalie the reason that everybody calls him flex is because he had this this spinal surgery when he was in like seventh grade and one of his classmates saw the scar in the locker room and started a rumor that he had some ribs removed so that he could suck his own dick uh a la a very popular marilyn manson rumor from around this era oh okay right i forgot about that rumor so Natalie's having the most relieving cigarette of her life. And she looks at Travis and says, so can you suck your own dick? And Travis, who has grown a sense of humor mm-hmm. uh, about this topic in mere minutes, says, I wish. This is really sweet, though. I mean, I think, you know, we haven't learned a ton about these two. This is the most we've gotten of them in the woods. Um, and But we have heard Ty talk to adult Nat about this relationship that they had and she classifies it as a relationship that's toxic. And like, that's a word that is used a lot to describe many things, sometimes accurately, sometimes inaccurately. So we can't know. Mm-hmm. This is Thaisa's assessment. And listen, mm-hmm. but there's a lot that we could also ask Thaisa about the way she assesses said things. So, (laughs) but I do think that we're getting in this episode a huge underpinning of the fact that these two definitely are bonding because of shared trauma and not that Mm -hmm. they've had the same traumas. Some of them are overlapping, but it's like Natalie has experienced insanity before she even got on the plane and whatever Travis experienced before getting on the plane, maybe we'll find out more, but certainly at this point, he has also seen his father really fucked up and dead. He has also Mm -hmm. like, and so, and so this moment, like, I know you kind of like tongue in cheeked Jenny saying like, Oh, and in in a matter of like a couple of minutes, he's gotten over, he's gotten a sense of humor about this nickname. That's like bothered him so much. But I do think that it's a nod to, you know, trust. Like the reason that Flex makes him so angry is because he's been really angry and he's been, he doesn't trust people with his shit, you know? Like that's been clear. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. trust anybody. And I think like in this, I mean, is there any bigger thing you can do for someone than cut off their dead father's finger so that you can retrieve a ring for their little brother? You know what I mean? Like the old saying goes. I'll make a list and get back to you, Kristen. <laughs> 
But I think that there is just a massive amount of respect that has happened, like going in both directions from Nat to Travis, because she knows she realizes that he's doing all of this to make amends for the moment she witnessed in the woods where he threw the gum and lashed out. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. in the reverse, because Travis is like, holy fuck, like this girl just did this fucking thing for me. And so I think, like, that trust is what allows them to have this moment of, like, joking about what once was a really upsetting thing. And now it's, like, fucking LOL. Remember when, like, somebody saying I could suck my own dick was the thing that, like, kept me up at night? (laughs) (laughs) Something that mattered. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So after they have this little hang and talk about what it's like to have crappy dads and how even when you lose a crappy parent, it still messes you up right yeah they start back towards camp and they lo and behold happen to come across a deer a cute little doe idea a cute little doe idea i read i wrote that in my notes dia was spelled (laughs) d-e-a-h good accuracy is important uh attention to detail thank you uh, which attention to detail is actually a enormous plot pillar in my cousin Vinny, isn't it? <laughs> it is uh, the minutia of it all. So they come across this deer, and we get this intercut of the final moments of the situation with Nat's dad. And it's you know she sees she and and Travis see the deer, and then we see. Young Nat with the gun on her dad and him saying, oh, like my little girl who cried when she killed a turkey. What are you going to do? Shoot your dad in yeah. in the head? Yeah. And she tries to shoot him, but the safety is on. And then we cut mm. to the woods and we see her take the safety off. We cut back and he takes the gun and shows her safety on, safety off, safety on, safety off. Oh, back, this she's fucker, this breath. motherfucker, this father. Oh, it's so triggering. Like, it, it really is just so triggering the way he speaks because it, I mean, the writing is done by someone who definitely has witnessed someone who speaks like this. It is so accurate in ways that just make me feel very ill. Mm-hmm. We cut back and her dad's telling her, oh, it's fine to have a gun in your house if your kid is too stupid to know how to use it. <laughs> Great. Uh, he then tells her she's even more useless than her mom. Congrats. And as he's walking away from her, she yells, you're the fucking useless one. He turns to say, what the fuck did you say? Trips and accidentally fires the gun and shoots half of his face off. Yeah. This is. And then um... in the woods, Mm -hmm. in the woods, Nat shoots the deer precisely one and done uh which point uh i think this is rather rare uh i don't think this is normal i know we're watching television but uh i was watching with jess and she had a lot of critiques about (laughs) the idea of finding a deer on your you know within the the dawn of your hunt uh shooting it with one bullet Uh uh-huh bleeding it out while it lays on the ground question mark uh-huh. and then eating it later that day it's a lot 
to happen as I've been led to understand questions, right? Like questions that I have, because I mean, Jess is from Maine. So she's kind of an expert when it comes to deer and hunting, at least Uh, more of an expert than us. Definitely Uh, us fucking Jersey, New York kids. We don't know about deer. Uh, (laughs) Or at least we know about deer. We just don't know about shooting deer or eating deer. (laughs) Anyway, my first question is, what is this shot? Can, like, do you have to hit the fucking aorta? Aorta. The, what do you call the big blood vessels in your body? The, you know what I mean? The big ones, the ones you don't want to cut. The the big ones. Oh, yeah. Those big ones. Mm-hmm. Jenny, come on. You know what it's called. Tell me what I'm trying to think of. Uh, oh, my God. She no, doesn't I... know either. Ha! Ha ha! And it's such a, <laughs> such a fucking basic term that I get. The jugular. The... Oh, jugular, yeah. <laughs> Wait, is it a uh, core? An is artery. It a core An artery. That's what it is. There we go. So um, as you can tell, we're also doctors. Um, we are scientists. Welcome to the like, show. If you, so, so can you? Can you shoot? If you shoot a deer in its artery, apart from making me and or Marissa like Tomei. Or in the heart or really? in the brain. Okay. I think it's, it looks like a chest shot of some kind. Yeah, like it's like sh- up above the shoulder of the deer, like by the neck, I thought. But anyway, can mm. you do this? Question one. Question two. And we don't know that the deer is necessarily de- dead. I mean, you know, they may have had to shoot it again off screen. But <laughs> <laughs> then right. two, because just did some research about bleeding a, bleeding a deer and found that, like, you have to do this if the deer has been not alive for like a longer period of time that like the the blood in the deer can contaminate the meat and so that's why you need mm-hmm, to do this mm-hmm. so then the second question is did they even need to bleed this deer um and third can you can you eat part of a deer mid bleed so those are my que- like can you be like Have okay you ever well it's not butchered full- a deer ha- yeah i want to hear your story call 1-800 doe idea <laughs> let us know your thoughts that's okay. D-O-E I D D E. Leave off the last E for nope. <laughs> so but but to counterpoint, this is TV and this is really important. And I posit that regardless of if this is realistic or not in terms of actually uh, getting food for yourself in the in the Canadian wilderness it is entirely permissible by me Kristen Russo because it is a stunning back and forth I think I think it's just so beautiful and so powerful and um I'm willing I mean we're not making a documentary here it's fine right and it's just it's just really especially there's a moment where like uh Woods Nat is holding the rifle and Travis is telling her to breathe and it feels so powerful it really feels like such a representation of some of this like bonding that is happening between them because she is re-experiencing trauma from her past and trying to like move through some of that and and face some of that and Travis is there with her having experienced his own trauma telling her to breathe and like you know, it's just, I just really love it. I think it's really fucking great. I, I, I think this show is really fucking great. I really do. It's 
Oh, yeah. It really is just such like, well, because, you know, it's one thing, especially for somebody like me to watch a show and be like, ah, I love it. But then sometimes mm-hmm. when I go back and I like look at uh, something critic more critically, I mean, God, I can barely get it get to critical in the way that I'm made but like when I look at it more critically sometimes the wheels come off a little bit you know and with this show I've been just like oh fuck yeah you know like yes there's of course there's always going to be some some holes here or there or what have you but like for the most part I just am really astounded by the visuals and the storytelling in this show all over again and more now that I'm paying attention to the detail yeah yeah, it's a good show, actually. Speaking of detail, Jenny, there's one detail that I I just would love to bring to the listenership, uh, which is the poster in Young Nat's room uh, at mm. home. What she, do we got? She has a poster that says Megan O'Neill, and it looks very like Bikini Kill kind of like stylistically, you know? And there mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. no... there There is no... Like, it's like a fake prop poster from everything that I look. I mean, you know, I didn't spend, like, days researching this, but I did spend, like, some time going down the rabbit hole of, like, wait, who is Megan O'Neill? And there's, like, somebody who was, like, a location scout on Yellow Jackets for, like, one episode whose name was Megan O'Neill. And there's a musician now whose name is Megan O'Neill, but it's not at all the same Megan O'Neill. It's just a very weird thing because so much of every all the posters we've seen and, like, what have you are like accurate. They are, you know, we've seen Nirvana, we've seen Kurt on a poster and what have you. So it just like, I'm just so curious about the reasoning here about like how this poster got on this wall, what it is. So if you have any information, please let us know about this Megan O'Neill poster. I need more information. I would like more information. Right? Yeah. So... Okay, so just a couple more things about Natalie, adult yeah. Natalie. Yeah. Right? First, we've got worth a mention when adult Natalie goes by her house and is having this like rough conversation with her mom. She sits down at the table and then she watches her Ugh. younger self and Kevin come in. This is a beautiful, beautiful moment. God, uh, it I just really think is. This is such a beautiful choice. Great mm-hmm. job. Great job. Mm-hmm. She goes up into her room and she retrieves the one thing that she came for, <laughs> which is a mixtape that Kevin made for her when they were young friends. Now, kids, a mixtape is like a Spotify playlist that you make for a friend, but corporealized into something you can touch. How did I do, Kristen? Does that sum it up? Um, You did great. I would like to know how many podcasts exist where Jenny has said, now kids, this is what a mixtape is. <laughs> well, I just want to make sure they know. I agree. I, I support it. Um, Can't have people Googling mixtape. Anything could come up. Any kind of disinformation about mixtapes. <laughs> yes. Um, would love to hear your thoughts on what songs I'm talking to the listenership though. If you can't contain yourself, Jenny, I understand what songs <laughs> are on Kevin's mixtape to Natalie. It probably exists. The Yellow Jackets crew probably fucking made it. It probably does exist. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. 
Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. So, um, yeah, the mixtape is uh, important and ties us to the fact that Nat is then going to dinner with adult Nat is going to dinner with adult Kevin. We know that in the last episode, Kevin is the reason that they got out of jail, Misty and Nat. Um, And we also know that Misty was texting Kevin pretending to be nat uh which they oh which which God. thankfully adult nat and adult kevin address at dinner uh <laughs> yes i'm not usually uh one to shut down a woman when she's talking about how shapely my legs are he says and that's how we really know it was misty <laughs> she's like have you ever ridden an elevator <laughs> Oh, no, an escalator. An escalator. escalator. Sorry. God, elevator, I think, is so much sexier than escalator, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, yes. Yeah, so, Kevin and Nat have dinner. Uh, Nat tells Kevin about Travis, that Travis, you know, is dead, that it, it mm-hmm. looks like a suicide, but she knows it's not one. I thought it was really interesting, actually, Jenny, that Nat kind of – earlier in the episode, Nat and Misty <laughs> – Nat and Misty have a phone call, which I'm going to talk about after we get through the Kevin of it all. But they have a phone call, and Nat says like the, almost the same exact line that she said last episode. I don't yeah. know what he thought I was right about, but I know I'm right about this. It just seemed so bizarre to me that like word for word it was written again because these writers are pretty great. And yeah, I, I, it's very weird. Yeah. So and I didn't notice that on my casual uh, Kristen Russo mm. surfs the waves of television viewing <laughs> originally. So we also get a little bit of Kevin's backstory. How did he go from the police officer known as formerly known as goth to his current hot cop state? Here's the haiku. The band was a bust. Met a girl and fucked it up. It's a job, I guess. This man is hot, and he made a great haiku. I agree. I agree. He was hot before the haiku, but after the haiku, I was like, yes, yes. Yeah. He's yeah. very, very so, attractive. Oh, my gosh. Um, Natalie gives him the mixtape, 
Natalie manipulates him into agreeing to get Travis's toxicology report. Natalie kisses him on the mouth after he tries to kiss her on the mouth. And she's like, I can't stop thinking about Travis. And then she like thinks for a little play. Uh, Then she kisses him and then she leaves. She's unpredictable. Yeah, it's hard because like it definitely feels like the first moment between them where he says, I can get you the toxicology report is a manipulate. It does. It's it's positioned to make you feel like it's manipulative. But then mm-hmm. the kiss at the end is there, which like there was no reason for that, which I do li- like. I like that. I like that. Like the kiss didn't happen before the toxicology report conversation because it, it allows the kiss that happens to kind of like exist in its own right. Like she we know she's not kissing yeah. him. Because she's trying to get something because she already got that. So, right. um, you know, and I think, you know, so much of this episode is uh, most of it is Nat and Travis, Nat and Travis, Nat and Travis. And I think that the fact that Natalie, adult Natalie, does kiss Kevin before she gets into her fucking tiny little Porsche is important it feels important it feels like a choice that nat is making that is different from a lot of other choices nat is making or has made um Mm -hmm. so you know we can all write that in our little heinz diaries um indeed okay i think that covers a lot of nat we did a lot of nat yeah a lot of nat Uh and all the tributaries uh (laughs) that come off of the river nat (laughs) so yeah 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 um I want to talk about other things that are happening in the present day. <clears throat> okay. Uh, first of all, we've already talked a, bit, a little bit about Misty and, and Nat, right? But she calls. <laughs> Jenny Natalie just waved with... her hands at me to make me stop talking so she could talk instead. Go ahead. Yes, please, please go. That's right. With a web browser open to a site, the headline is what to and not to say to someone grieving a suicide i literally can't misty needs a script the fucking when she invites natalie over to her house to put the clues together and she says yeah your cork board or mine let's pop a few pins on the old cork board i have one obviously but like if you want to use your cork board, oh my god i can't i love it so much christina ricci app just absolutely i I mean an icon an icon i'm just i can't Misty also tells Nat, it's worth mentioning, I think, that she knows somebody who could probably get into Travis's email. Mm-hmm. Natalie doesn't have time for any of this right now. Misty, uh, when, when Natalie and Kevin are having dinner, um, a lot of people are at this restaurant, right? Jessica Roberts is sitting at the what bar are like the odds? sneaky sneak. Um, uh-huh. Misty has taken one of her patients. Yeah, that's Mrs. Singh from Misty's work. To dinner. Uh, they're dining on the patio watching Nat and Kevin eat inside and Misty says doesn't the patio make you feel so fancy it's so European here are her. their drink orders uh, Misty would like a chocolate martini because of course she would and Mrs. Singh would like a whiskey soda red label 
double please and thank you um misty ordering a chocolate martini like i have such a visceral memory of seeing this for the first time i like i screamed at the tv my my being was just so excited about the correctness of this choice it was just like just everything about it is perfect every fucking thing that they have misty quigley do is so fucking perfect that it knocks me over it's just yeah it's very it's very good uh, once Misty clocks that Jessica Roberts is also there, she starts texting and calling Natalie, who is completely ignoring her. Misty then Kevin watching happens... her ignore the calls. Yeah. Then Kevin happens to see Misty out the window and is like, is that Misty? <laughs> uh, Natalie approaches her and Misty's like, don't look now, but Jessica Roberts, she's been watching you. And Natalie's like, and what have you been doing? She goes, <laughs> she goes, Natalie's like, how did you even know I was here? And Misty goes, I'm a citizen detective. So and I die. And indignant. I die. <laughs> so indignant. And Natalie's like, I hate to break it to you, but we're not Rizzoli and Isles. I love that Natalie in, in world knows the television program Rizzoli and Isles. Absolutely. Me too. I, I've not seen Rizzoli and Isles, but boy, was that a hot topic <laughs> on my social media feeds from the years 2010 to 2016. Uh, if you don't know Rizzoli and Isles, it's a show about two ladies. One's a detective and one's a fucking investigator. She's a I don't know. Medical examiner. Medical examiner and a, yeah. And their names are something Rizzoli and something Isles. And like, nice. are they going to kiss? Maybe. You know, that's at least <laughs> Keep watching on, to find out. Yeah. On my gay, on my fucking gay social media, that was mostly what people were talking about. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Natalie leaves and then Misty approaches Jessica and is like, I've got my eye on you. And then says, I know when you look at me, you don't see someone you should be afraid of, but you're wrong. <laughs> I'm scared. Um, also, scared. I thought it was a really particular choice to have Jessica Roberts turn around and go, hello, Misty, because I've heard you now <laughs> say hello, Misty, so many times. <laughs> yeah. is it, are they trying to do like a um, hello, Newman from Seinfeld? Are they trying to make yeah, that Yeah, they're trying to make show? hello, Misty happen. Yeah. Um, I hope so. It brings me a lot of joy. It, yeah, it's really good. Um. So the other big Misty thing that I have since we're in the Misty um, bin in the present day is that at the very end of the episode, she calls Shauna, who says, I thought I told you never to call me again. So mm -hmm. write all that together in our fucking Heinz diaries. Um, mm -hmm. And she tells her about the fact that Travis is dead. And yeah, Shauna looks pretty wrecked. And Misty has a creepy little smile, looking so pleased with herself. Oh, she loves that Shana. she has information that causes an emotional response, you know? Yeah. Like and Shauna looking. Yeah. And Shauna looking so, so shell shocked goes into the house. And Jeff says, Hey, babe, how was book club? Yeah. Why don't we book go? Book club. Why don't. Shauna told Jeff she had book club when she really had Adam club. Yeah, why don't we take that and move on over to the Adam and Shauna of it all? I've already Indeed. told you, I think they're cute. I'm sorry. I support Jeff. I'm team Jeff, okay? But like, 
I they're just really cute. And I think part of it is that All right. Well, let's let's at least set it up for you all. Adam and Shauna are on a date. They are. And the premise of the date is doing all the stuff Shauna didn't get to do that she considers normal teen experience. The first thing they're going to do is go sit in a liquor store parking lot, approach someone who's of age and ask him to buy them alcohol. (laughs) Shauna says, excuse me, sir. We're looking to enjoy some alcohol tonight. (laughs) responsibly you don't have to whisper the word alcohol in the liquor store parking lot i have that same exact line written in my notes because it is like just another melanie linsky gem (laughs) yeah it's so funny Uh, i love this this guy lady you're not gonna get carted is this a sex thing some kind of sex no well maybe i'm not sure yet (laughs) we'll see i'll let you know um, yeah, and like, and you know, important point here is that Adam actually doesn't know why Shauna missed a lot of her teenage mm-hmm. years. There is an exchange in the truck where he's like, So, you know, basically, like, what happened? And she says, I was a straight A student and I got married young. Um, so we're led to believe that, like, Adam has no idea that she is one of the yellow jackets and um, that has to be, I mean, Adam's cute. Adam is treating her very well. Adam is a good time. And also Adam doesn't know who I am. That's like the, probably the biggest win of all for Shauna. Yeah. For any of them. Yeah. Like the anonymity that they, I mean, they were on the cover of fucking people magazine a week ago. So anyway, the date that the order of events is liquor store have somebody buy us booze, mix it with juice in the in the truck, drink it, go and play mini golf, jump off a bridge, and then have sex in the back of the truck. I mean, honestly, I would consider this a great date. This is a good date. (laughs) Yeah. Good job, everybody. Except for that whole Jeff thing. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're having a nice time. The only other thing I'll say about this date that feels, I don't know, relevant is just, well, first of all, mini golf is fun because the whole, <laughs> the whole point of going to play mini golf at this place when they when they were teens was that you could, at the last hole, get the ball over the um, big rock and into the great unknown, <laughs> never, never <laughs> see that ball again. And so they make this bet, which is how they wind up at the bridge. And, um, you know, Shauna says, if if you get it over, then, and Adam says, then you'll tell me something real about yourself. Uh-huh. And Shauna says, fine, but when I win, um, <laughs> you do anything that I ask and you and you don't ask me any questions about why. Like, you just do it. And he's like, okay. And so that's how they wind up at the bridge because Shauna fucking nails it. He whiffs it using uh, Shauna's Shauna's words, <laughs> and yeah. um, and so they go to the bridge. And of course, something very important happens at the bridge. Jenny. Oh yeah, that's right. It does. Go on. <laughs> Jenny's just my cheerleader at this point. Um, yeah. So they're standing at the bridge. They're gonna jump. Adam, very cute, is like, I just want you to know, I would have done this even if like it wasn't part of the contract. And uh-huh. then we see 
a vision of teen Jackie standing on the bridge. So this is the second, is it just the second time? Because we've seen adult Nat sort of see young Nat, but that was more like beautiful and her remembering. And now we get this cross of adult Shauna seeing teen Jackie who says like somebody might get hurt. Um, And she sort of like shakes off this situation and then looks at Adam and is like, let's fucking do this thing. Um, So I don't know what that's about, but creepy. Yeah, I'm creeped. Okay, let's um, let's take a turn, Jenny, and just cover. We've we've talked about Nat and all of the tributaries. We've talked about all the things. Uh, oh no, we haven't. We haven't. We, we haven't talked about Taisa. Taisa, yeah. Present day Taisa. Present day Taisa is unfortunately she has to go to something that seems like an absolute nightmare. Some kind of political mucky muck mixer fundraiser nonsense uh in preparation for leaving for this simone world's greatest partner is quizzing thaisa on things about this woman uh raffleson uh who has a ton of money diane (laughs) and uh thaisa really wants to get diane to back her campaign because she has loads of money and uh they're going through like, oh, where does she have properties? What are her charities? Whatever. Uh, but the really important thing about this scene is that Sammy, like a little freak, <laughs> is laying in the armoire with just his eyes. His He's laying down sideways, so his eyes are like vertically stacked. And you just see his little eyes peering through the slightly ajar armoire doors. And I say... No, this kid, this kid is getting a, a fucking bum deal from the fucking directors. because He's just yeah. again, he's just doing normal kid things, but they just keep but they're just making it, it look so creepy. They really are. Um, so we learn that Thaisa, I guess, is a vegetarian at this fundraiser. Um, she's either have... a vegetarian or she's not eating meat in public, maybe for, oh, yeah, uh, you know, optics. It's a good point. Pretty fucked up to have like a fundraiser where this fucking smear campaign is being run against Taisa saying that she's a cannibal and serve a full roasted pig. It just seems like maybe you could have made a better choice. Maybe. But maybe nose to tail whole roasted pig is not the vibe. Yeah, but it feels very much like most of the world is a piece of shit, which I think tracks. And, um, you know, that that the reason people are really there, these rich motherfuckers, they're there because they want to get the fucking scoop. They think and we hear fucking the scene between Thaisa and Diane, I think, is fucking great but like they think their money will buy them this shit that other people can't have and this shit that other people shouldn't have like they think that they can buy Thaisa's story from her and that is so fucking typical and classic and fucking yes believable um so maybe the whole roasted pig was actually a conscious choice you know like trigger let's trigger her as much as we can and see what she does what's she gonna do when we walk a whole pig head through the room like let's well the first thing (laughs) the first thing she's gonna do is hallucinate that that's a stag head and not a pig head uh, and the second thing she's going to do is hallucinate a white wolf walking yeah. through the house. So I guess actually the pig head as trigger does work. It did work. Yeah. Well, d- 
Rich people won. Taisa <laughs> zero. <laughs> yeah, so Taisa goes out um, to smoke a cigarette and out comes Diane. Oh, Diane, what a nice lady. She's just there going to share her cliff bar and a cigarette. They're going to smoke a, a cigarette. No, she's the biggest wolf of them all, if you will. She's a fucking bitch. And she, I mean, at first she's just a bitch the same way everyone else is, which is that she's really there. She basically tells Thaisa she'll back her fucking campaign if she lets her know what actually happened in the woods. Fuck off. Yeah, she says, I'm like a well you whisper your secrets into. Oh, oh my God. fucking God. But then they really drive home this like rich white lady bullshit when she says to Thaisa, with all I've done, because because Thaisa, I should say what Thaisa says. Thaisa says, why? Why do you get to have that just because you're rich and powerful? And Diane says, all I've done for women's causes, for black causes, for black women's causes, if I were you, I'd watch my tone. Ooh, oh, Diane. Yuck. Does anyone have an eject button for Diane? Yeah, I would love yeah. to press it. Um, Thaisa. Could, could Diane's mom come pick her up? She's <laughs> being a real fuck. <laughs> Thaisa deciding then and there, fuck this lady's endorsement and fuck this lady, says, Okay. Yes, ma'am. I'll perfectly calibrate my tone as I tell you to go fuck yourself. Woo! Yeah. All right. Good job, Thaisa, but also fuck all of this. Yeah. Fuck all of this. Like, you really yeah. have to wonder why, why. It just feels the like a horrible fucking thing to be involved in why do people politic why i don't know it seems very bad it seems so horrible oh god all right i'm not gonna slide down the other half of that uh political moaning so let's go to 1996 instead all right just a couple of things to talk about in the woods yeah yeah just a few things to touch on they buried the man they found in the attic which is nice. I mean... Which it was the right thing to do for yeah. a variety of reasons. I mean, like, they're not uh, going to leave him in the attic and they're not going to, like, just put him out in the yard. So I guess the only other option is burn him or bury him. Yeah. Horror, yeah. horror buff that I am, I would actually say burn him. You would actually say burn him? Yeah. Does seem safer. Burying an eyeless man found next to Triangle Buddy just seems... Yeah. You know, I don't know. Skeleton don't know. Buddy and Triangle Buddy ride again. <laughs> uh, uh, Lottie, who is uh, quickly becoming the queen of vibes, thinks bad things happened here. And I am yeah. inclined to agree with her. I am also inclined to agree with Lottie. Um, Akila is a forager. Thank God somebody here knows what to fucking eat in the woods. I always yeah. want to learn this and I never do. And like, I'm going to wind up like the rest of these fuckers stranded in the wilderness being like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't I learn? Yeah. Akila in... showing up like Isabella Rotman being like, these mushrooms are 
for dinner and these mushrooms yes. are for tripping face. Like if you're with enough queers, there will be at least one of them who knows what is and is not safe to eat. But what, I, what I'm worried about is what if I'm stranded with a bunch of straights? You know what I mean? Because then you're fucked. It's not a chance worth taking, Kristen. None of the straights know what to in the woods. I'll tell you what. <laughs> uh, yeah, Akila learned this from Girl Scouts. I don't remember learning anything this useful. My brief stint in Girl Scouts. Well, you were probably so mad because you wanted to be in Boy Scouts. This is accurate. Jenny wanted but to be still, in the Boy Scouts, you know, and her mom asked if she could be in the Boy Scouts for her, which is very nice of my mom. A truly, like, of all the stories about your mom that I know, that one is, like, just sits really high in my heart. Um, heroic. But they said no. Um, so I'm mad for you, tiny Jenny. Thanks. <laughs> uh, well, if they had been teaching us about, like, poisonous plants in Girl Scouts, I might have been more engaged. But they yeah. were just like, let's make macrame and um, a Yule log, which are fine activities if you get some other cool stuff in there. Yeah. Um, regardless, uh, while they're, while they're uh, on their foraging trip, Laura Lee is like, are any of these maple syrup <laughs> trees? I love her. I this love her too. A, if you want to know a Kristen Russo question in the woods, this is it. Are any of these maple syrup trees? Perhaps we could live on maple syrup. We can make our own maple syrup candy. I'm just like, you know, thinking outside of the box. I heard trees can provide food in many ways. One of them is maple syrup. And they are in Canada, home of maple syrup. So it's, yeah, no, it's a it's a fair question, yeah. Laura Lee. Um, <laughs> they also find something that Akila is like, that's poisonous. And Van immediately is like, like, kill you. Kill yourself poisonous or like drip your balls off poisonous. But you as Van, Van priorities. Yeah, you as Van in this episode, like really, really checked out for me. There's mm. there's a <laughs> there's a scene, there's a moment where Van looks at fucking Misty and is like, oh what, does coach need a fucking sponge bath? And I was like, that is Jennifer Owen Young's uh, in 1996. Well. That is what like you absolutely are van a thousand yes, million no. percent so they, they also make a couple of important discoveries uh-huh. sorry we're both so excited Usually i know on buffering we're like i'm tired you take this part yeah for but those now of we're like listening get to out of app. my way it's triangle buddy <laughs> for those of you listening to this later after like way after we originally recorded this we recorded these in tandem with recording the end of season seven of Buffering the Vampire Slayer. And so, uh, yeah, we're just we're just so excited. We can't contain ourselves. Thank yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, shall we each take one discovery? Okay, yes. Go ahead. Take, okay. take, take whichever Lottie one you want. Lottie finds a triangle buddy on a tree and is like, touching it. <laughs> Podcasting, not a visual medium, yet the amount of visual flourishes I get, they're just for me. You'll never see them. Um, But I appreciate the light uh, triangle buddy touch that you just did uh, to the camera. Yes, you're welcome. Yes, I have that written in my notes. (laughs) Triangle buddy updates. One, Lottie on a tree. So... (laughs) (laughs) Great. Um... (laughs) 
And then the other big thing we find in the woods is a tiny plane. Now, if you are a person who's seen the television series Lost, yeah. I swear I've seen this show before. I swear there are a bunch of Virgin Marys with cocaine on that plane. <laughs> uh, I think it's actually heroin, Kristen. <laughs> heroin, whatever. Cocaine, heroin, potato, Hail potato. Mary, full of heroin. <laughs> There's a bunch of drug Hail Mary's on that plane. So somebody needs to have a word. But this is the same. It's the same fucking plane. Um, my note here is Jackie finds a plane, comma, wears an Argyle sweater because, <laughs> because they, there's just something good. so specific about the choice they made to have Jackie roll out of this cabin in this Argyle, like teal and cream Argyle sweater. Yeah. She has made choices she is deciding that life is fine actually i'm going yep. to put together an ensemble in the yep. woods <laughs> and god bless her god bless uh, her morley so. scrambles into this plane and fires it up i mean and uh to be fair immediately who would have thought, who would have thought that this plane would sure. turn on <laughs> it immediately starts moving uh and van is in the danger's path Jackie shoves Van out of the way of the propeller and then stands there like a dang fool. <laughs> yeah. And Jackie, the propeller... why? Just do to yourself what you just did to Van. Get out of there. She just fucking, thank God, the plane stops right before it hits her little nose. We almost had a... Uh, Held by vines. Noseless Jackie on the show. Yeah. You know, when my... um. When I lived in Times Square for a year, I had a roommate and he had a hamster and... <laughs> The hamster, I'm so sorry to tell everybody this. The hamster's name was Nietzsche. There's a whole reason that it was named Nietzsche. It's not like just what you think. Um, and Nietzsche got out of his hamster cage and he scuttled across the floor. But Jeff had a box fan that had like very wide no, openings. Come on, why are you telling the story? And he died. <laughs> Kristen! <laughs> It wasn't very oh gory. I, he just got knocked out. There was just one tiny little trickle of blood down his little okay. nose. It was okay. really sad, but also now it's really funny in retrospect. Okay. Oh, God. Okay, so... <laughs> so anyway, they, right. The plane... This is a big deal. This is a big fucking deal. There's a plane and it works. Uh, Jackie that's is question like, mark? Jackie's like, this is a big deal, but also Van, can you go even now, right? To the to the, uh, <laughs> I almost killed you, but then also I I saved you, so like we're even, we're good now, right? Like one for one, yeah, tit for tat, <laughs> yeah. So the only other thing that I think Ugh. bears talk, I don't want to talk about it either, but it is really odd. Okay, so. The title of this episode is Bear Down. Jenny's just going to walk out of the room while I try to have this. Yeah, I'm not here for this. Conversation. But like, the, okay, the only good part is that Misty, Ben is trying to poop because he can't poop because everybody's bodies are all fucked up and he's literally had his leg amputated. So like his whole system is not okay. Yeah. How it wound up that he allowed for Misty to be in the woods with him. It, it, that doesn't make any it sense. It doesn't to make me. sense. There are so many, there are things you could rig up. Uh, take a shirt, tie one of the sleeves each to Coach's wrists, and put it around the tree, and then he yeah. can just 
lean back. Also, there are just like, like a lot. Of, he doesn't need specifically to hold on to Misty. No, in order and to like do if this. he does need a person, like surely he would have been like Travis. Travis, can, yes, like clearly. But regardless, dudes of, like love to do this near each other. Yeah. I feel like. <laughs> are you a dude? Do you love to shit near other dudes? <laughs> If so, don't uh, let us know. Thank you. Yeah, please uh, don't call us. <laughs> but they, but so for better or for worse, worse, um, Misty is the person that Ben is using as a support while he tries to poop, and she tells him to bear down, which is the title no. of this episode. The only good part about this whole scene is when Misty's like, sometimes singing helps. And then she's like, no common ground to start from. She says, breakfast at Tiffany's by Deep Blue something to Ben. So that's good. But it, it does sort of like bring us to the fact that we hear the title in this moment, and the title is Bear Down. And to be really fair, I didn't spend a ton of time trying to figure out why the episode would be titled this. But the other titles have seemed a little more graspable to me. And the only thing, like, you know, Bear Down, honestly, is usually, like, when I hear the, the words Bear Down, usually I think of, like, a person giving birth. Like, that's, like, something said in, like, a birthing room, Bear Down. But it's, like, right. sort of brace yourself for this pain, like lock in and brace yourself for this pain. And like, you know, I don't know. I, I, it, I just, I wasn't able to like thread the needle with this one. What do you, do you have anything, Jenny, for bear down? Nope. Cause like I when a, I first a, running away, <laughs> you're just running away. Yeah. When I first saw it, I was like, when I first saw the title, I forgot about this pooping scene because I always want to forget about the pooping scene. And I thought like, oh, is there like a bear involved in this one? <laughs> no, there's not. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you know, again, we don't we don't know all the answers, but um, if you if you have some insights onto tying this title to the sort of heartbeat of this episode, let us know. Yeah. Now, Kristen, do we do do we talk about what's the most '90s thing before what's the buzz or after? You historically, meaning one time, have done it before what's the buzz. No, I've done it two times. Two times? Okay. Well, I don't remember the other one, but the last one was before What's the Buzz. Okay, Kristen, what's the most 90s thing in this episode? There are four options. Wow. Is it A, doing your nails with a Sharpie? Mm-hmm. B, making a mixtape for your crush? Mm. C, hearing a rumor about someone having a rib removed so they can suck their own dick? <laughs> or D... Being named Misty. <laughs> okay, well, I have my reasons, but I'm going with sharpieing your nails as the most 90s thing. I do believe mixtapes could um, bleed over into the 80s. So okay. I, I'm, you know, they, they lose a couple of points for not being specifically 90s. Um, Misty is... I mean, the thing about being named Misty is that you were definitely like a teenager in the 90s. But Misty is an, I think, an 80s name. Like this is an 80s. OK. Baby, right. Um, OK. Removing a rib to suck your own dick was a cl was close. It came close to the Sharpie for me. Mm -hmm. um, but I, uh, I'm, I'm going Sharpie because personally, nostalgically, that's my pick. Did you do, do you have a pick? 
I'm going to go rumor about someone having a rib removed so they can suck their own dick. Yeah. For yeah, sure. I support it. I support it. Uh, close, two close contenders that felt, because I also tried to do a, I prepared to do a, what's the most New Jersey thing Ooh. Uh, in this episode, which I should have been doing this whole time. But Misty would definitely episode, win for that one. <laughs> <laughs> this episode didn't have a ton to offer in like very like very jersey specific feeling stuff so i I let it ride but the other two options i collected for you know either category are uh drinking a vodka and fruit juice in your car made with alcohol someone of age purchased for you (laughs) and uh playing mini golf oh yeah yeah but i did just play mini golf the other day and you're in so so it's true (laughs) but you're from new jersey so who can say Mm -hmm. really yeah tough to parse Uh, all right well should we get into what's the buzz let's fucking do it all right everybody's favorite thing about this show is here the book club joke seed has been planted and we are going to water it and watch it sprout very exciting. I was so excited. I was like, damn, episode four. They like really let this, really let it grow. I mean, magic mushrooms, you know, the mushroom moment we know is going to really come back around um, in Doom Coming, <laughs> the yeah. title of this podcast and also an episode. Oh, yeah. um, so it was it was cool for me to watch this episode again, knowing because I kind of I don't think I really paid that much attention to the mushrooms of it all in, in the first uh-huh. viewing. Yeah, yeah. I dipped back into the Reddit uh, for to prepare for this episode, and I was just looking at what people were talking about when this episode dropped. Oh, cool. Uh, one person uh, put forth the Aquila Van uh, dialogue, and then someone responded, Chekhov's mushrooms. <laughs> nice. I guarantee there will be tripping later this season. Yeah. They were right. Nice. Um, yeah, and I don't know, Jenny, if you found any of this on Reddit, but like I know that having watched half of the show in real time, there was a huge conversation about like, is Adam Javi? Is- yeah, that's this episode is where it really started to pop off. And you can see why. Like it's so it feels so intentional. Like it really, really does, because they intercut these scenes with Shauna and Javi with the scenes with Adam and Shauna and like they really and I, I mean maybe they didn't mean to but I feel like these show creators mean to do a lot of the things that they do so mm-hmm. it feels like a, a misdirect like an intentional misdirect although honestly at the end of the day can we even say it's a mi- we don't know we're only one season in who the fuck knows what we're gonna learn about Adam you know like uh, this season told us that he was just Adam but a lot could a lot could be uncovered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just wrote down two lines that felt like lines that would have significance, even though I don't know what the significance is yet. Um, one is where Nat's dad on the plane in the dream she has says, "We're almost there. It's been waiting for us." And Lottie, when she sees the plane, says. 
it didn't want him to leave, which feels those both feel like really specific lines that yeah. have meaning. So I am writing them in my Heinz diary. <laughs> nice. Uh, another line that I mean, we already know what it means, but it really hit different on this watch. When Misty says to Jessica Roberts, I know when you look at me, you don't see someone you should be afraid of, but you're wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is true, actually. And you know what's interesting? And I've, I'm leaving it in the main episode as it is. But I have to say that when I watched this episode for the first time, I felt like they had that line land in a way where you're supposed to think Misty is kind of a joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, totally. You're not like you don't. I didn't feel afraid for Jessica fucking Roberts. I was just like, oh God, Misty, stop it. Um, yeah, yeah. But now watching it, you're like, oh, she was telling the truth. She does tend mm-hmm. to do that a lot. <laughs> um, she loves to tell the truth. Yeah, except for you know confessing breaking a black box in the woods, but. Um, the other thing that I have is just the tie of it all. I just have been really thinking about the reveals that we get towards the end of the series um, of like the fucking hidden room in Thais's house with the dog head and the other stuff. And I'm just trying to like watch Thaisa in these earlier episodes to figure it out. And I, I have to I hate to report it to everyone. I haven't figured anything out, but I just Wanted to note that, like, it's interesting to watch the fundraiser scene and the interaction that she has with Diane and all of that, knowing that this other thing is also happening. And are you, like, Jenny, is your, is your Thaisa take that, like, this Thaisa that we're seeing now is having, like, a mental break? Like, she doesn't know that she's doing the other things that, that like, the tree Thaisa is doing, yeah, she's definitely split, right? It seems that it seems that way. It's just to me, it's always been really hard. And like, clearly, we'll talk about this more in future episodes. But it's just really hard for me to imagine that she is she it, her not knowing she's doing these things can make sense to me. But the fact that she like is in a partnership and, you know, her son clearly is seeing stuff. But like, how is Simone not? Um, that's like a big question that I have for this whole thing. So anyway. Yeah. Do you have anything else for what's the buzz? Any thoughts for Jesus Christ Superstar? We never bring any of those in. (laughs) Uh, I've got a couple more things, a couple Shauna things. Mm. Um, Shauna seeing Jackie at the bridge. This obviously is the moment where I should have known on my first watch, oh, Jackie's not going to make it out of the woods or possibly the season, Yeah, you know? Like, why would she be hallucinating teen Jackie? Right. You know, that this is just, this feels like the, the showmaker's telling us, letting us know, you know, if we're ready for the information. Yeah, I guess um, we were not ready because I definitely didn't see that one. <laughs> I really didn't. The other- I mean, I I don't know. Like, I guess I just thought I, you know, for a long time watching this show, I really thought that that we were going to get like a huge Shauna Jackie love story. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, they, they make it look like. <laughs> like yeah. So will. like, I think that when I saw this, I just connected all of those dots of like she's like every time she was like 
with Adam or like jerking off that like she was somehow connecting it back to Jackie. I thought that was the the line. Um, mm. But I was wrong. Uh, unfortunately, I was wrong. I mean, who knows? There's still so much for us to find out. It's true. It's true. I mean, with a show like this, you the power that you have when you make a show in this format is that you really don't have a clear timeline. There's always space in between the things we know already have happened. And and it's such like a human thing to be like, oh, this happened and then that happened and then that happened. When in reality, we may be missing some big pieces that will, we, yeah. we may, we definitely are missing some big pieces of the timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Much, much remains. Uh, oh, and then I, I thought we, we could maybe keep track of Triangle Buddy. Oh, yeah. So who's seen Triangle Buddy so far? Lottie's seen Triangle Buddy on a tree. Lottie saw Triangle Buddy in the attic, we assume. Did and Thaisa saw Triangle Buddy. Thaisa did see Triangle Buddy. Uh, the, you know, the, the the shot goes from her face to like panning across the floor, across Triangle Buddy, and then up right. Skeleton Buddy. Right, right. So that's so, what we've so got so far. We, can, we, can, we know that Lottie has seen Triangle Buddy, and we think that Thaisa has maybe seen Triangle Buddy. And yeah. we, the viewer, have seen three triangle buddies. <laughs> Two trees and one floor. Two trees, one floor. Yeah. In 1996, yes. obviously. Oh, and yeah, um, so we've seen more postcard triangle buddies, of course. And no, we haven't yet seen the triangle buddy underneath Travos. The other thing I was thinking about, about Shauna in the now, you know, she gets this call from Misty and she's like, I thought I never, mm. I thought I told you never to call me again. And, you know, that could just be because she's Misty or there could be more. It was making me think about all of those sort of speculation, the theories about that Misty deliberately poisons a camp that we think is like Lottie's camp, you know, right? Uh, in the in the wilderness scenes in episode one. Um, obviously, we later in this season, we'll see her dose the coach and then accidentally shroom out the whole almost the whole squad uh when her psychedelic mushrooms that she has gathered and intends to continue to dose the coach with are uh, accidentally swiped and added to a stew and doses i mean to death the uh, jessica roberts of course yes and we'll definitely see her do that yeah so um, do we in the in the in the two camps theory of it all we think that shauna is in the cannibal camp that's right I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think that is a popular theory. But, ooh, what if? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I think. I was just thinking, like, oh, well, if she was in the cannibal camp. Like, I, I've been thinking, like, oh, did, did, uh, is the deal with, if Misty did poison that meat, are those people dead? Right. And if Shauna was in that camp, then obviously something falls apart there right but right but maybe not maybe she she doses them i was also reading a lot of speculation around people people thinking maybe that eventually they burn the cabin down mm-hmm. uh as a way to be found i feel like a cab the, the burning down of a cabin in the middle of a wilderness so vast that they can't find their way out of it is probably not the way that you're going to get like seen and discovered I don't know. Yeah, though I uh, support burning the cabin down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just for burning it down, it should go. <laughs> uh, 
this theory I was reading was also saying like, oh, and maybe like Lottie is inside and everybody thinks that Lottie dies and that's why they're like shocked when, uh, yeah, uh, man, when the whole, uh, why uh, we're shocked when, when who the fuck is Lottie Matthews comes up later. God, I'm so excited to see season two Lottie's journey, more of Lottie. Yeah. I'm- yeah, really, really excited to see Teen Lottie uh, and what happens next with her. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot to talk there. So it's starting to get like stacks on stacks and what's the buzz? Because the farther we get in, the more it's like, ah, there's so much happening yep. here. Um, yep, yep, yep. But, you know, onward we go. What's the name of the next episode? Blood Hive. Blood Hive. Um, can't wait. Um, cool. Well, Jenny, um, any any last thoughts before we buzz on out of here? Uh no, no. I'm um I'm excited. I'm just having a blast. You haven't seen anybody at the Meadowlands in the last week since we because we do want to keep updated no. if you <laughs> I'll let you know as soon as that changes, if it ever does. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, how are we going to close this one? What are we going to try out? Um, What if we just go classic, Jenny, and you say until next time, and we say buzz, buzz. I think maybe three buzzes. Oh, okay. Three, three as buzzes. tradition dictates. Okay. okay. Friends, till next time. Buzz, buzz, buzz. 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 <laughs> Embracing the uh, beauty of simplicity. Mm-hmm. You'll say we've got nothing in common, no common ground to start from. And we're falling apart You'll say The world has come between us Our lives have come between us Still I know you just don't care And I said what about Breakfast to Tiffany She said I Remember the film and as I recall I think we both kinda liked it And I said, well that's the one thing we got Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. 
the team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.